The Big Inside is a proud supporter of Give Strength. The fitness industry generates billions of dollars a year, literally. But while companies get rich, all that money rarely goes towards anything outside the industry. And right now, there's a lot of causes in the world that could use that strength. That's where Give Strength comes in. Give Strength empowers athletes in all types of lifting sports to generate fundraising towards causes they truly believe in, raising awareness and funding through the enthusiasm for lifting and strength sports participation. Through exciting events, challenging social campaigns, and good old school lifting, Give Strength is changing the flow of money in the fitness industry towards causes that matter. Meanwhile, Give Strength allows athletes to earn true financial sponsorship. That's right, cash money directly towards your own personal progress in the sports you love just for being a leader in generating funding for causes you believe in. Give Strength is changing the game of strength and bodybuilding one life at a time, one dollar at a time, one cause at a time. Get involved and learn more at GiveStrength.net. Give Strength. How your strength gives strength. This time on The Big Inside, we promise, we promise, it's not Pavlovian, but there will be lots of bells and dogs involved. We've got the second of a two-part episode with sci-fi movie director Liam O'Donnell. Go back and listen to that previous episode so you know what's going on. It's the next workout for your ears, and it begins right now. It's another Monday night somewhere. Wait, wait, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, well. I, I guess it's time once again for the big inside. Broadcasting from the world-famous Public Alley 701 in the dog-loving city of Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN, and this is The Big Inside, intersecting and reconnecting what transforms the body with what transforms the world, and then turning them both inside out to try to figure out what's practical, what's personal, and what just makes the most sense. We're all about the conversation, not the education, but with our luck, you're probably going to end up learning something along the way. And before we do anything else... I have some very important thank yous that are in order, um, and they come on the heels of a quick announcement. So we decided to try and like not die of starvation. <laughs> what that means is that uh, we actually launched a Patreon page to help us bring better content to like awesome listeners like you by allowing you guys an easier way to sponsor the show. It's it's literally just a few bucks. It takes no time to do, and you actually support independent creative work. Uh, why why you ask why would you want why would you care about supporting creative work well i want you to think think for a second how often do you like grab a coffee you're out on the go you grab a coffee you know starbucks or whatever cafe nero i don't know whatever brand you got coffee shop you grab a coffee you grab a cup you go dunkin donuts whatever and uh you'll drop what three bucks four bucks five bucks on and it's on something totally forgettable and you have nothing to show for it. And a lot of people, they'll just chuck that money out on the daily. You know, and then you think about how many, that adds up, how many hundreds or even thousands of dollars you spend in a in a year. No, wait. <laughs> yeah, don't don't think about that. That's that's scary. But think all that money. Coffee, right? Well, it's time to alleviate your guilt. Why don't you like uh parlay that financial tomfoolery and take a couple of those bucks that you would have wasted on a throw out cup of coffee and do something that actually gives back to yourself. You can become a sponsor of this show 
at patreon.com slash thebiginside. You'll be doing something so good with your money and so good for me, and you'll actually have something to show for it. You'll you'll have helped create this show. So that's kind of cool, right? And that's where our thanks are coming from. We'd like to thank our newest world-famous Public Alley 701 virtual neighbors who have sponsored the show at merely five bucks a month. They're, uh, thanks to Kyle Franklin, who goes by the name Chicken Little, apparently, and also to Will Alicia, who is also an independent creator and wants people to remember that you have the power to keep great projects like The Big Inside on the air. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Welcome to the family. Thank you so much for your patronage. Why aren't I mentioning your name? Yes, you specifically listening right now. Why, why did I say your awesome name? I mean, you're getting something out of this, right? Why don't you head over to patreon.com slash the big inside and become a sponsor yourself. Okay, enough announcements. Let's get on to the meat of the act. It's the big deal segment of the show. So in the last episode, we heard from movie director Liam O'Donnell. It was pretty cool stuff. If if you haven't listened to that episode, like I said at the top of the show, get on that. Go Go back one episode and listen because this is the sequel. And it's like a true sequel, which means... Like, you can totally follow what's going along even if you didn't see the original. I mean, of course you didn't see the original because you obviously you can't see me. Now I'm a little creeped out because I'm imagining you're stalking me and watching me. Actually, just kidding. I, I wish I had. Would you stalk me? I, no. <laughs> All right. So I think in, in like true Hollywood speak, when you have to have seen the previous episode in order to understand the understand the current one, that's what you call a serial. But if you can still follow the current episode, even if you didn't see the previous, then that is termed a sequel. And so I think that's what this big deal is. It's a sequel, not a serial. But I still encourage you to go listen to that original part one episode because it was pretty cool. And you'll definitely get more out of this episode if you've already heard that one. So go listen and then come back. Anyway, without any more discussion of Hollywood speak, here I am with director, writer, and movie producer Liam O'Donnell on this episode's Big Deal. Have a listen. The movie is called Beyond Skyline. Most of you have probably never heard of it. It's one of those sci-fi action flicks where aliens invade and there's a lot of bodies snatched and robots exploding and you get the idea. Beyond Skyline was the sequel to a small sci-fi flick from 2010 called simply Skyline. It was the same kind of flick. Now, if you listened to the last episode of The Big Inside where we talked with the movie's director, Liam O'Donnell. Hi, I'm Liam O'Donnell. Writer-director of Beyond Skyline, uh, born and raised in Massachusetts. And I live in California now with a wife and three children. You may have gone and investigated that movie, Beyond Skyline, just to see what it is this guy created. And you would have discovered what I discovered. It's a lot of movie. Like, with all the special effects and CGI, it's just, it's a, well, beyond Skyline, it's a lot of movie. Just a lot. Wait, is that a dog? Yes, that's Crom. <laughs> oh, 
no. Oh, this show. I can't get anything right. Well, okay. Well, we usually just have the guests introduce themselves, but being the big inside, ladies and gentlemen, the dog's name is Crom. <laughs> but actually, actually, that right there puts us back on track. Like that, for example. Because most of the people listening haven't heard of the movie Beyond Skyline, or much less its director, Liam O'Donnell. The dog's name, Liam's dog, Crom, well, that name might ring a bell. You know you've heard that somewhere, Crom, but you just, you, you can't place where. It's like a bell ringing, something we can just barely make out. But the reference is like, it's you know, stuck in the black part of our peripheral vision, Crom. It's, it's some cultural reference, some cultural meme. We know we've heard of it, something we've seen, but we just can't bring it into focus. Well, let me take you off the hook. Crom is a fictional god of power and also a god of doom from the movie Conan the Barbarian. He's the dude you invoke when you want a combat weakness, but also a dude you totally avoid if you don't want any trouble. Now, while you might not have recalled the name Krom, and you more likely have never heard of Beyond Skyline, it would be pretty safe to say that everyone listening right now has heard of Conan. It was that film that launched one of the biggest pop culture icons of macho muscularity, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, if you're wondering what the link between Conan the Barbarian and Beyond Skyline is, well, you just have to go back and listen to part one of this two-part episode. It'll bring it all into focus. But for now, what we want to really look at has to do with what just happened with the name of Liam's dog, Crom. How we sort of knew something was there, but we didn't quite make it out. Like we knew the name Crom meant something. We weren't sure what, and it went by so quickly that before we had any time to sort it out, we just sort of glossed over it and ignored that meaning. Whatever it supposedly was, it's just a dog named Crom. We do this a lot in life, and we do this a ton with the aesthetics of the body. Like, we know that the way a body looks means something. But we're usually not gonna hang out, stand around thinking about it. We just sort of take it in, let it be whatever it is. But meanwhile, if we pause a second and try to look closer, we kind of get that weird bell dinging feeling again. Like, it goes beyond just passively liking how a body looks or something. It goes beyond just, like, the appearance. Often, when we see a physique, there's just something in the way that body looks that we know means something more. But we're not always quite sure what that extra something is. Which brings us back to Liam O'Donnell, the writer and director of Beyond Skyline. And more specifically, it brings us back to the movie itself, we can watch Beyond Skyline for what we see, the explosions and spaceships and people fighting to save humanity and blah, 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 blah. It's a great time. Like I said, it's a lot of movie, a lot of things to watch, a ton of things to tickle our pleasure centers for adventure. And unto itself, that could be more than enough. But we just uncovered in the previous episode with Liam a whole complex architecture to how aesthetics played a role in Liam's creative perception of heroism and catastrophe. Two big things in this movie. Like, you'd have to go back and listen, but the long and short is that Liam's aesthetic sense of things 
was profoundly influenced by the way he experienced his own body as a young boy. It became an aesthetic of the body as two opposing forces that also kind of fed into one another. On the one hand, the body was a source of strength and power against the uncontrollable, as in the body of a hero like Conan, a.k.a. Arnold Schwarzenegger. But on the other hand, Liam's idea of the physique was profoundly shaped in his early years by the traumatic experience of surviving an optic nerve glioma. Now, I'm not going to go into a million details of that unique type of tumor. We did that in the last episode. But suffice to say, it left Liam O'Donnell blind in one eye. But blind in a unique way. You see, Liam's eye, the actual eyeball itself, changes shape. Like, it dilates on its own. It generally doesn't really cooperate with his other working eye. So, sometimes, that blind eye looks totally like the other one, and you can barely notice any difference at all. But just as often, that eye almost has a mind of its own. It's controlled by some grand force no one can track, and it totally changes the look of Liam's face. Liam's eyes betray his control of his own appearances. Now, I gotta ring that bell on this one. I gotta ring that bell again, because that idea, the eyes betraying how we look to others and not just altering the way we see things, that idea is kind of important. It's an idea about the body doing something that we ourselves can't control, betrayed and then commandeered by something we couldn't have predicted nor fully anticipated. Kind of like, well, like an alien invasion. You see where this is going, right? Alien invasion and like how they capture the bodies and the... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. You guys don't even know what Beyond Skyline is actually about. Oh, Liam, help us out. Finally, finally. What? is Beyond Skyline, this movie, all about? Beyond Skyline is a um, an action-driven, crazy alien invasion movie about a cop who uh, bails his son out of jail the night that the aliens come. Um, they're abducted onto a ship and separated. And uh, before he can uh, kind of rescue his son, they crash on the other side of the world and they get caught up in, a, in an entire resistance movement um, where they, you know, fight back against the alien invaders and eventually, you know, uh, try to become reunited. And actually, while it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, the fact that he is a cop is actually kind of mission critical to a lot of <laughs> points in this movie. Because that's how he know that's how he knows how to do kung fu. Of course, this <laughs> <laughs> is like full action movie cliches, like coming at you top All speed. L.A. cops know how to do kung fu. It's in the, uh, it's in the mandatory. Yeah, just just throw it all in the blender. Just take every action movie trope we can think of and just chuck it in there, right? Of course, every every action movie trope we 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 get. But I mean, were you actually going for that? Like that whole action movie camp cliche thing? Was that actually part of the design? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I it, it it was it, it's totally a, a love letter to all the movies, uh, you know, very much Schwarzenegger right, movies. Like a love letter. Yeah, a love letter to the Arnold movies. And you can't even talk about Arnold without talking about the aesthetics of the physique, much less write a love letter to his movies. I mean, you can, but it, it, it makes no sense. Because Arnold is like the icon of a physique which defies weakness. The idea that there is power in muscle, ability in aesthetics, that there's safety 
in your size. And this idea, like we mentioned in the previous episode, was something that echoed throughout Liam's early life, that there was some way to escape weakness and uncertainty through the power of aesthetics. And I do mean aesthetics, not just appearances, not just the way a thing looks. Like, it's about how the thing affects and impacts the world around you. The way Arnold's appearance has impact. Like, it's the same way Liam used to prize having this big, strong, muscular neck in high school because of how intimidating it made him on the mat as a wrestler. I had a really big neck and I wouldn't let it hit me. That was like my main point of pride. Or how, in college, becoming a bodybuilder allowed him to communicate positive ideas about himself during a time when he was kind of making some foolish choices. And my favorite thing about it was like, I liked the actual posing. And I always thought that the posing was kind of cooler and more fun. Heck, even when he was just a toddler and was diagnosed with that horrible optic nerve glioma, the way it was first spotted, the way it was first seen, was by how he looked, how the world was reacting to his appearance. Around four years old, my right eye starts sort of bulging in my head. And of course, you know, freaks the, freaks the hell out of the parents. And so now here we have this movie, pure escapist action and sci-fi adventure. What you might be expecting me to say is that in Beyond Skyline, there are like a ton of dudes running around shirtless with oiled up muscle on every other frame. You'd be wrong. But, and you knew I was going to tie this all together. There is in Beyond Skyline another character that, if you knew nothing about Liam O'Donnell, you would have just overlooked, like just a supporting member of the cast. But knowing what we know about Liam suddenly makes seeing that character sort of ring a bell for us. It's a character named Harper, and he's played by an actor from New Zealand named Callan Mulvey. Callan is, uh, he, he, he was in a car wreck. Uh, he was actually like very uh, matinee, good looks, top of the world. And he was in a really bad wreck um, where, you know, half of his face got, you know, crunched in. But he's still a handsome guy. Still a handsome guy. And, and, he, and he, he has a lot of presence. Sound like anyone else we know? A guy who's basically handsome but got half of his face messed up, yet still has a lot of, you know, presence. It, it's not subtle. Calvin Mulvey also has kind of a messed up wonky eye. And you can't miss it. I mean, it's right there in the movie. In fact, a lot of times, Liam has the camera actually lingering on Callum's face. And all you can see is that messed up, uncontrolled, unpredictable eye. From it, I do remember, uh, and I think it was an assistant editor or an editor being like, are you going to fix his eye? Uh, and I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I mean. and, I, and I was like, uh, he's, he's like, kind of famous and that's his face i'm not gonna i'm not gonna change that i i don't know i i i i've tried to kind of have some fun with that character uh, i don't know how much of me is necessarily in him but maybe maybe you're right i think you're you're right to see it i i, I haven't actually had the lucid moment myself of 
of why that was attracted to me. It was like, he was just clearly an exciting and, and, and cool actor. And like, and he was excited to do it because he always gets cast as heavies. So it was like, it was just pretty cool to me to have, you know, a, a, him, him play something outside of, of the type, you know, that was kind of written for like an older burnout. And, uh, and the fact that we would get someone, Oh, I think it know, works as a younger dude. I think it as works a as a younger dude. dude. Oh, well, very much I mean, works. that's also, that's also what he brought to it. And he kind of came into that other scene and, and, um, you know, uh, not to give anything away, but like gave more emotion than, uh, I was anticipating on set and, and, uh, yeah, so he does kind of grow into this, uh, this different energy, um, when the movie really needs it. I didn't even, honestly, I, di I didn't think twice about his eye. It was just like. I should be so lucky to get him in, in this kind of quirky role. All right, all right, all right. So it wasn't originally in the script that the burnt-out professor character had a bad eye. And Liam is the head writer of Beyond Skyline, so if an insertion of a symbolic distracting eye aesthetic was meant to be there, it would have been there from the beginning, long before Mulvey was cast for the role. And yet... There's this key scene, really important scene with Mulvey's character, Harper, where you kind of can't ignore the fact that this character has a strange and really specific aesthetic. I mean, no spoilers here, but it's a scene where the character makes a really heroic transition. And in that moment, Liam, the director, has the camera so close in on Mulvey's face that the eye is almost, well, a distraction like it's creating its own level of aesthetics in the movie kind of a distraction. I'm not trying to push it further than it needs to be here, but knowing Liam and knowing how Liam's idea of aesthetics has been so formed by a conflict between your aesthetics making you a hero and your aesthetics betraying you, it's not hard to see this scene as, well, meaning something. Like it's hard to say what it might mean but you just kind of can't unsee it, no pun intended. The guy is being a hero. Liam, the director, is focusing in on it. And Liam, the human being, shares a parallel aesthetic. I mean, this can't all be coincidence, right? Like, how we represent the aesthetics of the body has got to be affected by how we understand aesthetics in general, right? The aesthetics of the actor that played the character Harper and the heroism that character showed both ring a loud bell with Liam's backstory. So maybe the aesthetics in the film that he, as a director, made represents something. Even if we're not quite sure we can figure out what. Even if Liam himself just sort of glossed right past it. I mean, it's there. We can all see it. It's not in some blacked-out corner. The bell of physical aesthetics is clearly ringing. Right, 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 right. It, with him, it was, it's so funny because even the scene where he walked in and introduced Frank, he improvised. And I, would, I, I loved it. But the whole journey of the movie is, is me trying to, you know, exercise extroverted muscles, right? Like you're going from being the writer and kind of a, a backseat driver as a producer to being out there. And so when I first met Callan, and we talked about it a little bit, uh, about, you know, uh, about having, you know, one eye and, and seeing one eye. And like, he just like owns it so much more than I ever could, especially, you know, growing up. And, and he just will talk about it so openly that it, it was like it, that that definitely 
left an impression on me of, of, and I've been trying to do that more in my life. You know, it's like people, especially little kids. I think uh, growing up, it would be like, I'd, I'd always try to avoid little kids because they'll just say whatever they think and they'll just, they'll just be cruel. And I, I try to teach my kids like, you know, and they still do it. If they see someone like morbidly obese, they're like, whoa, you know, they just can't help it. They're, they're, they're four years old. Um, but I remember that being like something that I would, I would avoid. And then, and then now I just find when you just talk about it, people are like, wow. Big inside to mission control. We have affirmative confirmation of aesthetic representation as heroic gesture. Like in, in, uh, especially in a professional setting, it, it just kind of, uh, it, it, it's an interesting thing that sets you apart. And so it's part of your life and you kind of have to share it. And so that's kind of what he taught me, but no, that pivotal close-up shot, I just felt like, um, you know, it, it was a, the whole point of the shot was about him realizing his moment. And so we had to be on tight on him. And, uh, and so I, it was more just like filmmaking nuts and bolts. Like it wasn't like, uh, let's, um, really zero in on his facial flaw, but, uh, I, I, I like that. The, I like the interpretation. I, it's amazing. Okay. So maybe we just bailed. I mean, the interpretation works, of course, but maybe it was all just a coincidence? And personal aesthetics didn't play any role in how Liam created the world of his movie? And so maybe our point just falls flat. Aesthetics don't play as much of a role in how we create the world around us, or how we represent ourselves, or or how we name our pets, and the dog's name is Crom, and that's all it means. The dog's name is Crom. But then again, that's not the point here. The point is that this stuff is happening even when we're not paying attention. Like our personal understanding of aesthetics, how our physical appearances affect and even alter and even create what happens in the world around us is a process that's gonna go on even if we're totally not intending it to be that way. In other words, you don't have to try to create the impact of physical aesthetics. It's gonna happen no matter what, which Liam himself learned back when he became a bodybuilder, back when he was trying to be a teenage Arnold Schwarzenegger himself. Yeah, I remember, I remember a lot that like, you know, 18, when I turned 18 and like the gains that I made that year is that it would be the first thing people would say. They'd be like, wow, you know, you're, you're big. It would be the first thing people would comment on. And I would, I would, I remember even talking to my friend Matt and saying, you know, we, we would have been over the moon if you had told us at 15, that the first thing people would mention was how big we were at, at 18. Like, wow, that was like, that felt great. Like so, um, so great. Yeah, I 100% think that that's uh, the case. Well, do you think that all that affirmation sort of groomed you to understand how like aesthetics can influence how people interpret you, whether it was consciously or unconsciously? Because it sounds to me like all that feedback showed you that you have a pretty direct control over the messages your appearance could communicate. Like it wasn't just random for you anymore. Like the laws that govern aesthetics, whatever they are, were no longer out of your control. You were in control. And through bodybuilding and your physical shape, you were directing people's perception rather than just sort of being interpreted without any control over the situation. 
like the way you experienced it with the whole optic nerve glioma thing from your childhood is people just reacted and that's how you understood aesthetics. So would you say instead that the bodybuilding sort of taught you that you have a lot of control over how people see you, like direct control, maybe even developed an intuition about how physical appearances really play a way bigger role in how we go about creating our world and directing attention and all that? Yeah, I, I it, it it's literally my armor. Like I, I, it was, I always, I mean, the lucidness is there for that. Like I, I, I considered it that. And I, I remember people even saying like, oh, what would it be like if you didn't lift? And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, and now I do think there is that cycle that you go through. And I just went through one because I, I did a two month um, festival tour and I tried to, you know, keep up lifting, but it's, it's just generally impossible when you're flying so much. And I lost, you know, a bunch of mass on, on my upper body. And it was just like the past week of feeling, you know, like, like a frame. Now, now I will say my shirts all fit way better, but because <laughs> I, I am like, I'm this like very, better from what perspective I'm though? The, I mean, you want to be big, you want to be small. What perspective? I'm this very like in between medium and large on every single size <laughs> everywhere. I'm that guy. And I, I just, if I find one brand that kind of somewhat fits, that's all I'll buy because I'm never, I'm never quitely, quite represented. Again, I need my, I need my medium plus. <laughs> medium plus. <laughs> or maybe lar like junior large so I can feel better about myself. Um, but yeah. So, Brilliant. That's awesome. So, uh, the, um, I definitely, I, I definitely think that's part of it. And I think to go all the way back to the beginning there's the cycles of when you're working out more and when you're not right. And before this movie got off the ground, like the, the two years before that, I, I got way more into it again. And I felt like that discipline and that regiment is like, it, it all kind of fed into it. And I came into the movie in the best shape I've been in since probably, you know, uh, college. And I came in and then, and then, and then being in Indonesia, I loved living there and I'd run along the village in the morning and they had like a crappy old gym, but it was only me in there. So I, I had a blast doing that, but like, there's a bunch of different actual ideas or like turning points on this movie where the idea came to me while I was working out. And one of them is like, I remember I was doing deadlifts coming up like really angry and I came back with the plan and, and you know, that's how the movie got made. So there, there's always that sort of, uh, you know, it's all, it's all part of that self-care for me. Um, I wish I was, I, I feel like I work out more than I write. I feel like I wish you put more attention to that. Yeah, go do some curls. You're fine. <laughs> I know I was doing, I was doing a lot of press, so I'll go a little easy on myself, but yeah, I, I think, I think the cycles like, uh, and when you can get the discipline and when you can get regimented, like it, it does lead to breakthroughs. And, and, and then right now, you know, I, I'm, I am, I am being a little easy on myself. Uh, I was raised in a sandwich household and, I, <laughs> and I'm going to, enjoy, I'm going to enjoy some sandwiches. Our aesthetics will create experiences in our lives, no matter what. And those experiences become more powerful when we actually pay attention and take part in how they create. Like, you don't have to decide to use your aesthetics because that's already decided for you. 
It's just gonna happen. Kind of like how Liam didn't decide to have a character with the identical, conflicting aesthetics of his own backstory. The physically heroic aesthetic versus the deficit aesthetic. But there is something so powerful and so potent when we do take the helm and direct our lives according to how we understand our aesthetics. How we understand the way our appearances become a tool for communication and creation. Now, ironically, the biggest oversight we've made so far is actually in how we've totally ignored the basic plot hook of the Skyline movie franchise. And I'm kind of tucking it in here at the end because, well, it kind of shows how easily we all overlook the influence of aesthetics on what we experience around us and how quickly we'll just gloss past those experiences. When the aliens attack in Skyline, the way they capture the humans is through your eyes. Like, if humans look at the aliens, they are instantly hypnotized. Whatever humans see in the light that these aliens shine down at them makes the humans change how they act. They become captured, even controlled, by whatever it is they see. It's pretty obvious when you say it all in its simplest terms. In these movies, the characters, the regular human beings, are all potentially victims to how they interact with what they see. And also, they become heroes only once they understand what they're looking at. The Skyline movies are, in a way, especially beyond Skyline, sort of like, if I could just do whatever I want, uh, that's what I'm going to do. It's all just about, you know, the the limit of that. That movie is really just about the limit of the imagination and, and like how crazy we could make something. Both of them, really. The first one, it was like, let's make a movie where the, the aliens win. An alien force wins, unexpectedly controlling a body beyond the will of the human. Kind of the way, say, a child might aesthetically experience the trauma of an optic nerve glioma. That's the first skyline. And so that, that skyline, and then beyond skyline was like, it's about, um, you know, once, once you've grown up and you're not who you expect it to be, and how do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile what you didn't expect? or take control of situations you thought were beyond your control. Kind of like a young man figuring out the aesthetics of bodybuilding could give him an influence over something he never thought he had control of. That's beyond Skyline. It, it's, a, it's this very, very weird version of, uh, of my life all kind of synthesized into this action sci-fi craziness. Now, whether it's just a fun, bonkers, sci-fi flick or not, the aesthetics here are pretty obvious. Beyond Skyline is literally a parable about the power of aesthetics on the human experience. And that may be elevating this flick quite a lot, and it really may be pushing some meaning here. 
but we've seen the backstory. We can see who created this aesthetic in the first place. We see Liam O'Donnell. And we've seen how he was taught to see the world and understand how he is seen within it. So we know there's more to this story. We know there's more there. We know it's not only just something really fun to look at. We've seen that it's a lot more than just a whole lot of movie. We know the dog's name is Krom. And we know there's a reason why. Hey, thanks again for stepping inside the big inside. We'll be back again real soon to shoot lasers into the eyes of everyday life from the alien spaceship of physique sports. Eh, ugh, that was kind of an obvious one. All right, all right. Look, I know you can get this for free. And I know you can totally consume all of my hard work without even a stitch of guilt about not reciprocating. I get it. You're a stoic. You're ruthless with your media consumption. But if you do appreciate the work we put in, I'd be really grateful if you showed us. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, why don't you head over to patreon.com slash the big inside and become a patron of the show. I mean, we pretend this is art and now you can too. And that ruse only starts at two bucks a month going up from there. We really do rely on you. Help keep independent work alive by going to patreon.com slash the big inside. You can step inside with amazing folks like Mark Olson, AKA the mass card. Will Alessia, a.k.a. The Aesthetic Thief. Crushwagon, a.k.a. The Wagon Crusher. Kyle Franklin, a.k.a. Chicken Little, a.k.a. Shirtless Rooster. And Yi Bingwei, a.k.a. Power Data. That's right, patrons. That's right. That's right. If you become a patron, you get your very own, a.k.a. nickname, right here, invented by yours truly, all original, on the air, totally unique, artisanal, just for you, you get it. You, you, that, you gotta become a sponsor. You want one of these, you gotta become a sponsor. So please join those amazing folks by becoming a subscriber at The Big Inside just to see what nickname you get. And then help independent creators like us help bring awesome content to folks like you. Go to patreon.com slash The Big Inside. Get your, get your AKA nickname. However, if you still just want to hang back and indulge in our hard work for free, well, Maybe you can help out anyway. How about this? Just click the subscribe button at iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Subscribe. Just subscribe to the show. It's free. And everyone who does really helps us out. Like, you know the little reviews you can leave on iTunes and stuff? Like, those those really do help. All these little things. Subscribing, leaving some stars, whatever you got to do. It seriously helps. It, like, bumps us up in the algorithms and all that. So, leave a review that's free too. Subscribe, it's free. And you know you've helped us out, even though you didn't have to open your wallet. And of course, you can always help with just good old word of mouth. Like, why don't, you, why don't you post an episode of The Big Inside on a friend's wall on social media? Or an enemy's wall and just surprise them. Or, or, or anywhere. Just spread the word as much as you can. Even if you're not a financial sponsor of the show, you can still help us stay afloat, right? And if you love what we do, or, or if you hate what we do, we still definitely want to know. I mean, contact us. Become a big mouth by dropping us a line through thebiginside.com 
or leave a comment on any episode's show page at TheBigInside.com or on our Facebook page or on Patreon or wherever. Just we want to hear from you. And speaking of staying on the air, The Little Insider is next. But first, this. The Big Inside is brought to you in part by Saisei Sports. The world of strength and bodybuilding is full of hype. But big claims, bold statements, and bright spotlights aren't what makes these sports great. What sparks your passion is the ability to take your best and make it even better. And believe it or not, there's a word for that. Saisei. Saisei Sports is dedicated to improving the world of strength and fitness through innovative ideas, building local community, and delivering elite standard supplements like their premier product, Rekt Pre-Workout Formula. Rekt is not filled with hype and surprises. Read its label and you'll discover complete transparency, a product made of higher doses of ingredients than any other pre-workout on the market and maybe in the world, at ratios backed by science and common sense. Discover why more and more strength and bodybuilding athletes aren't just trying Rekt, but staying loyal to the product that may just be changing the world of lifting for the better, which is the Size C Sports mission. Learn more about Rekt as well as learning about other missions Size C Sports is undertaking at www.sizesports.com. Size C Sports, it's your best, reborn better. As you know, we like to end each episode of The Big Inside with what we call The Little Insider. It's where we take something we have personally been up to or saw or just liked recently that was so good we want to recommend it to you. It's like a little curated nugget of an idea ripped off the folks from our show. So basically, this is where we take something we recently did, we recently saw, we recently ate or recently thought or whatever, and then turn it into a recommendation for you guys to maybe go try, do, watch, read, investigate, learn about whatever for yourself. So Liam, what do you got this time? You know, I actually just thought of someone that you should talk to though. Who's a, that's uh, great. I mean, is he, is he like someone everyone could like learn about and read about or, or stock if they want? Or, yes. All right. So who is it? Uh, there's a screenwriter in Boston who I met the last time I was there, who's a fascinating guy who actually wrote uh, and got to work with Arnold. And he's a, he's a, bo- he's a bodybuilder. He wrote Maggie. Yeah, the indie movie Schwarzenegger was in. He, he, he's uh, his name's John Scott, and he works at fucking NASA. He's uh, he's in Cambridge, and he's like work. He's working on satellite SETI stuff. So he's like your ideal man. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Wow. I mean, what are you trying to marry me off he, or get me a guest? He has amazing. Uh, I mean, we just we literally just sat at like uh, a hotel bar on that like near Boston legal. And he just, we just talked, he told me Arnold stories for like three and a half hours. And I was in heaven. I, bet. I was in heaven. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's all right. So folks, I guess look up the works of John Scott, I guess. Is that right? He's great. Great. Well, thanks Liam. And, and I really want to thank you for being a part of all this. I mean, I yeah, really appreciate absolutely. the time. You are straight up amazing. And the movie is, is really good, Liam. Well, I appreciate that. And it was awesome getting to talk to you again. You too. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, absolutely. And that's The Big Inside. Today's show is produced by the Physiculture Collaborative, who are also named after fictional gods of chaos and war. And also gods of corniness and poor scripting. (laughs) Music in today's episode was all Creative Commons licensed and created by Gregoire Lorme, Savk, Kabbalistic Village, Tristan Lohengrin, Hyde Music, and Sergei Narcissov, as well as some sounds from Beyond Skyline's soundtrack, created by Nathan Whitehead. 
Please check out all these genius artists online at places like Bandcamp and YouTube and SoundCloud and the like. Their work is not only incredible, some of them are actually friends of mine. That's the workout for your ears this time around. I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN for the Big Inside, reminding you that no matter what you do on your outside, what makes it big is what's found on the inside. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. The Big Inside is also brought to you in part by Scorpio Creative. We all have big ideas from time to time. A new business, a cool brand, an amazing project. But how do we make those ideas come to life? And then, how do we get people excited for our ideas? Scorpio Creative can help you do all that and more. Scorpio Creative is a boutique design, branding, and marketing firm that works with the little guys like you to make your ideas shine like the big guys. In a world full of impersonal and automated marketing and branding solutions, Scorpio Creative brings custom, personalized partnership for all your branding, design, and promotional projects. Why not give your business, your brand, or your mission the same treatment the big guys get at a fraction of the cost? Visit Scorpio Creative today at www.scorpiocreative.com. Let's bring your ideas to life.